Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew 25, and we are in week five of a six-week series that we're calling Asking for a Friend. And the whole idea behind this series is that at Easter, we gave a survey to our church and we just asked like, hey, if we could answer questions that would help you, what are some of the questions that you would want answered? And so we took all the answers and we formed a series around what was the most frequently asked questions. And I've had a lot of fun this series, but um, this week, if you're taking notes, we are going to be answering a question that I am just so proud of you for asking. And that is, how do I become a better leader? I'm telling you, when I saw that that one made the cut, I was so excited. I was like, our church is stinking awesome, man. Out of all the things you could have asked, you asked, how do I become a better leader? And some of you, I believe that you see this question and you instantly think, well, this message is not for me. I might as well go ahead and check out because I'm not a leader. And I just want you to know this straight up, uh, respectfully, you're wrong. Um, and uh, and uh, that, that you are, like, like that's just not true. Because at its simplest definition, leadership, write this down, leadership is influence. At its simplest definition, that what, that's what leadership is. So if you have influence over anyone or anything, you by definition are a leader. And so I want you, especially if you came in with this mindset and you saw that question, you're like, I'm not a leader. This isn't for me. I just wanna pop that bubble and say, listen, you are a leader. You are because you have influence over something. And if you have influence over something, that means that, that, that you are by definition a leader. Now the Bible does talk about a spiritual gift of leadership. And you can find that in Romans chapter 12. And here's what it says in verse six. It says, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. In other words, there are some grace gifts, meaning that when you do them, they're easy, and you, 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 you find yourself so fulfilled when you get to do those things. It's like you're made to do those things. And it says that God has given every single one of us those type of different gifts. Another way to say it is a divine enablement, that he's given you a divine enablement for you to do something. And by the way, our growth track is actually designed, especially in step two, to help you understand what that is. And the Bible says that in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Then he starts to list a bunch of the, a bunch of the gifts. It says, so if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. And if God has given you leadership ability, that that is a spiritual gift from God, take the responsibility seriously. Now, you may not have that spiritual gift. I do. When I go and I take those spiritual gifts assessment, every time the top one is leadership. So, But you may not take the test and may spit that out. 
you may not have the, the spiritual gift of leadership, but that doesn't mean that you don't lead. Just like if you looked at that list and you saw some other spiritual gifts, like you may not have the spiritual gift of encouragement, but that doesn't mean that you don't encourage people, right? Like you may not have the gift of giving, but that doesn't mean that you don't give. So I want you to know that regardless of whether you have that spiritual gift of leadership or not, or whether you have a lot of influence, or maybe you don't have a lot of influence at all, that no matter what you do for a living, if you have any influence, big or small, by definition, you are a leader. So the question is, how do we then become better at it? How do we become better leaders? And so I think a lot about this question in my own life. I feel a burden and a weight almost daily to be able to say, God, however you wanna use me, my answer is yes. I wanna be the best leader that I can possibly be, not for me, not for any selfish reasons, not for fame or for followers. No, 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 not for that. Because God, I honestly, I just wanna make the biggest difference while I'm breathing on planet earth. Like that's why I want to grow in leadership. That's why whatever amount of influence that he gives me, I want to maximize it and be better. And so what I wanna do is that I wanna look today at some verses from Matthew chapter 25 that have drastically impacted not just my life, but specifically my leadership. And I wanna pull out some principles out of this story that I believe will affect us today. So Matthew chapter 25, uh, just for a little bit of context, what we're about to read is a parable of Jesus. And parable, it comes from two Greek words, para and bole. And para means to throw and bole means alongside. Uh, reverse that. Para is alongside, bole means to throw. So in other words, a parable is a story or an illustration that's thrown alongside a truth so that you can understand that truth better. And so Jesus is talking and he says this, in verse 14. By the way, if you don't have a Bible, we're going to put it all up on the screen. It says this again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. And so just to help with this, I'm going to ask Logan, Noah, and Brad, come up here, come up here, come up here, just to make sure we understand God's word a little bit more. They're going to help it come alive and active for us today. Once you stand just right in a row right here, you guys right here, just, just right there. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you for doing this. So I'm, I'm going to read this, and they're going to help just make sure that we all get the, the, this, this parable, okay? It says this in verse 15. He gave to one, he gave five bags of silver. So go ahead and hold both of those. Hold those up. Yep. So to one, he gave five bags of silver. To another, he gave two bags of silver and one bag of silver to the last, Dividing in proportion to their abilities, he then left on his trip. So the master he gave, and he gave these bags of silver. And so most scholars believe that that was, it was a lot of money, that it was around, like, um, around the time, like 20 years worth of wages. So this was, this was one chump change. I mean, it was like, hey, we're going to hook you up, okay? And so he goes and, he, and he, he gives. But just for our conversation, here's what I want us to think about it. I want us to think about from the level of like leadership and influence, See, some of you, you may have the spiritual gift of leadership. So it's a lot. You feel like, man, I got a five. Some of you like, man, I got some. Some of you are like, I just got a little bit of influence. 
right now. But like, so just think about that because it says that he gave it in proportion to their abilities. And then it goes on to say this in verse 16, the servant who received the five bags of silver, he began to invest that five and earned five more. So why don't you swish that out to 10? So the math people, like you got that, okay? So it says, <laughs> earn five more. And then, step back, and then it says the servant with two bags of silver, it says that, that he went to work and he earned two more. So two plus two equals, come on church. Four. Perfect, okay? And then it says, uh, I lost my spot. It is so hard to do this in, in this lighting. It says, but the servant, that sounded so like aged right there. It says, but the servant who received the one bag of silver, he dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. And after a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. And the servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I have earned five more. And the master was full of praise and said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. And then it says that the servant who received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. And the master said, Well done. My good and faithful servant, you have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I'll give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. And then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid. And let me just say right here that I think a lot of times the guy with the one gets a bad rap because I get it. There's so many times where I'm like, I don't wanna lose what I have. I don't wanna make a mistake. And so it's so easy in that moment of fear to just be paralyzed and not do anything out of like, what if I lose it all? And it says, he says, I was afraid that I would lose your money. So I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. I still got the one. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gather crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some very, 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 very small interest <laughs> on it. <laughs> then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with 10 bags of silver, to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and then they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Thank you, guys. Now, I don't know if you've thought about this. I, I, I think about this a lot. I think a lot about the fact that life is full of last days. I don't know if you've thought about that. 
But life is full of last days. Like every season has a last day. Like no season lasts forever. Like the good and the bad ones, they all eventually end. Come on, Bengals fans, can I, can I get a good amen from that, you know? But, like, but for real, maybe right now you're in a very hard season of life and it feels like it's gonna last forever. Let me just tell you, there's gonna be a last day to the season that you're in right now, both good and bad, that will eventually end. Every season has a last day. Every job has a last day. Like there's going to be a last day of the job that you have right now, like at your current company. It may be six months, maybe six years. It may be when you retire, but eventually there's going to be a last day. Every stage of life has a last day. Like there's going to be a last day that you're single. Come on, can I, can I, 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 I claim that promise from God today. If you're engaged, there's going to be a last day that you're engaged. If, if, if you're married without kids, there's going to be a day that that, that that stage is going to end. If you're married with kids, like in the house, like eventually there's going to be a last day. Like they will leave one day in Jesus' name. If you're a student, there's going to be a last day that you are a student. If you have student loans, there's going to be a last day that you have. Oh, we're preaching now. And ultimately, the truth is that there's going to be a last day that we're going to be living here on planet Earth. Like, like there's, there's going to be a last day of our lives. And so here's, here's my question that I have for you today thinking through the context of that there's gonna be a lot of these last days in our life. On your last day, like on your last day, what do you want said about you? That's the question I want us to think about today. On whatever last day that that would be, what do you want said about you on that last day? And I think a lot about this question. And on all my last days, in every stage of my life, no matter what I'm doing, no matter what the assignment, on my last day, I wanna hear those words from Matthew chapter 25, where the master said to the one with five to 10 and two to four, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what I wanna hear. That's what I wanna hear so bad. Like these words mean like the world to me because there's been days where I've wanted to give up. There's been days where the assignment or the job or the season or the, the, the stage of life has been hard. And there's been times where I've wanted to abandon all the things that I know that God has wanted me to do. But in those moments, I'm telling you, that sentence right there has kept me strong because I want to hear that so bad. I want to be that type of leader, that Matthew 25 leader. And so what I wanna do with the rest of my time is break down this phrase and give a principle for each one of the words that I believe will really help you kind of really be able to, whatever amount of leadership or influence you have, kind of help it go to the next level. And here's the first word that we see is that word well. And here's the principle. Everything you do should be done with excellence or should not be done at all. If you want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, that's what well's about. Everything you do should be done with excellence 
or it should not be done at all. This is about having the mentality that every single thing that I do, I wanna do it with excellence. Ecclesiastes chapter nine, verse 10, it says that whatever you do, do well. And Colossians chapter three, verse 23 says, whatever you do. So that means if you're a CEO, a teacher, a doctor, if you work in construction, if you work in technology, if you work in part-time retail, if, you, if you're a stay-at-home mom or dad, if you're an entrepreneur or work in finance or marketing, if you're an engineer, if you're a college student, if you're a server at a restaurant, if you're a barista at a coffee shop, everything, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as though you were working for the Lord and not for people. So do whatever you do with excellence. And here's why. Because excellence, it honors God and it inspires people. Like that's why excellence is such a big deal is because it really does honor God. And then it also inspires people and moves people. But let me be very clear. I'm talking about excellence, not perfection. Do not chase perfection, chase excellence. Because the truth is I can't be perfect but I can be excellent. And the truth is there's only one person that's ever been perfect and I promise you it's not me or you. There's only been one and his name is Jesus. And so I'm not talking about perfection, I'm talking about excellence. And specifically, let me encourage you to focus on this. And this has kept me sane for many years. And it's this thought that it's not just excellence, but it's excellence in controllable things. Let me just encourage you to laser focus on providing excellence in whatever is controllable in your life. And I'm telling you, this has helped me so much because I've learned that there are a lot of things that I cannot control. I don't know if you've experienced that yet and figure that out, that there's so many things in life that we cannot control, but I've just made the decision that I'm going to laser focus on the things that I can control. Because when I try to control the things that I can't control, it always makes me feel defeated. It always leaves me so frustrated. So I'm going to make a decision that I'm going to control what I can control, and then I'm gonna trust God with everything else. And I'm telling you, that's changed everything. So just for practical examples, like today, there were so many things that I could not control. Like I could not control if you showed up today as much as I would want to. I can't. I've just learned I cannot do the perfect Instagram post that makes you come. I've tried them. I've tried everything. I can't control that. Like, I can't control if people showed up today or not. Like, I can't control whether you've had a bad week or a good week. Some of you maybe had the worst week of your life. I cannot control that. I cannot control if it's been good, if it's been blah, if it's the same week you just live over and over again. I can't control like if you're showing up today and you got good sleep last night or bad sleep last night. I can't. I can't control whether like you pay attention to this part of the service or if you just zone out or get on your phone and check your fantasy team. Like I cannot control any of those things. But there are some things that we could control today. Like we can control today like how clear the signs are in the parking lot and in the lobby, so people know where to go. We can control the environments of the spaces and the rooms that we're in, the vibes and the, 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 the look, the smell. 
of the room. We can control that. In fact, like before you all got here, there was a little bit of a Febreze ministry that happened all around our building. There's people going around like holsters. I mean, just, just going around, just getting everything. Why? Because we can control that. You know, I can control that we start on time. I've told the team, it doesn't matter. Five minutes till, hit that video. If I'm not there, that's on me. But we can control, we start on time. I can control like how ready I am for this moment. That I did the hard work this week to hear God in private so that I could stand with integrity before you today in public and just share simply what he put on my heart to share. Like I can control that. And so we've just decided that we're gonna be people that focus on controllable things. Like I'm not gonna waste one second and one ounce of energy trying to control something that I can't. I'm just not. Everything you do, do it well. The second word that, he, that in that phrase it says done, is done. And the principle behind that is everything you start, you should finish or you should have never started. This is all about being a finisher. Everything you start, you should finish or you should have never started. I don't know if you wanna go back in your Bible and look at Matthew 25 and just notice that it doesn't say, well started, good and faithful servant. It doesn't say that. And in John chapter 14, 17, verse four, Jesus talking, he says, I brought glory to you, talking about God. So he's saying, I brought glory to God here on earth. How? By completing the work that he gave me to do. Second Timothy chapter four, verse six and seven says, as for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I'm about ready for my last day. And this is what I want said about you and about me. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have remained faithful. And the truth is right now in 2021, we live in a quitting culture. We live in a culture that screams this message that when something gets hard, it's bad. But let me just go ahead and tell you that just because something is hard, it doesn't mean that it's bad. In fact, some of the best things in my life have come from the hardest things in my life. And oftentimes we live in this world, in this culture where it says when something gets hard, when a relationship gets hard, when a job gets hard, when a church gets hard, like just quit, like stop. But let me just go ahead and just tell you that when something gets hard, I just wanna just encourage you, don't quit. Don't give up. In fact, I want you to grab a hold of this verse in Galatians chapter six, verse nine, that says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest, a blessing if we don't give up. Church, if you don't quit, you win. I just wanna encourage you that if you're going through something hard, if you're in a stretch where it's like, man, I know God's called me to do this, but I don't wanna do it anymore. Or there's some type of opposition and something is hard. Listen, hard doesn't equal bad. And so don't quit, don't give up. Let's be people who finish what we start. Well done. The third thing that he says is good, is good. And here's the principle that all the good you've done can be undone if you fail to have good character. 
Let me just go ahead and warn you, this one is a punch in the gut. The principle is all the good that you've done can be undone if you fail to have good character. This is all about character, like who you are behind the scenes, who you are when nobody is watching, the private you, not just the public Instagram, Facebook you, like the person that you really are. And listen, I want you to hear this. God cares about your character. He really does. Like God cares a lot about who you are, not just what you do. And in Genesis chapter 37, it's an amazing story. I encourage you maybe this week to read through the, the life of Joseph. And, from, and that's from Genesis 37 to about Genesis 50. And if you read through the story, you'll see in Genesis chapter 37, when he is 17 years old, I met some friends that are right over here, some seniors in high school. You're probably right around that same age, about 17 years old. Listen to what God does. And when they're that, they let, he gives them a dream. He gives Joseph a dream at 17 years old that he's gonna one day be in a position of influence, a position of leadership. And he promises him at 17 years old, gives him a picture, a prophetic picture of like, this is what your life is gonna be. And I'm sure he was so excited. Yes, I am excited for that. Well, 13 years later, it actually happened. In Genesis chapter 41, so four chapters later, you'll see that when he's 30 years old, that that dream finally became a reality and he finally gets placed in a position of leadership and influence. Now, here's the crazy thing. This verse in Psalm 105, listen to what this says. It says, until the time came to fulfill his dreams that God gave him, the Lord tested Joseph's character. So it says that the time between the dream and the dream becoming a reality was all about his character. And his story, Joseph's story, it points to the truth that applies to me and it applies to you, that big callings must be supported by big character. And if your character is not at a place to be able to support the calling that God has put on your life, your calling will actually have the potential to crush you if you do not have the character to be able to hold that up because your character, it matters a lot. Now, something that I learned years and years ago, and it was when I got a phone call from one of my really good friends who was in ministry, he was a youth pastor at the time, and he called me. And I could tell within the first few seconds that he wasn't doing good. And um, you could hear the tears and the pain in his voice. And he began to tell me that that morning at his church, which was a great church, 20 years old, thousands of people attending every single week, multiple campuses that they called a emergency staff meeting. And at the staff meeting, they told the whole team that was there that there was the, the senior pastor, the lead pastor at that church, that he had unfortunately had a moral failure. And that due to that moral failure, that he was no longer fit to be able to lead the church anymore. And so all of a sudden, in one meeting, everything changed. And he called me after that. And he was like saying, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know how this is gonna affect my life. But as he was telling me about the situation, here was the picture that God gave me. is a picture of a scale. And I want you to imagine 20 years of good deposits, 
20 years of great things. I started a church, led a church, faithfully week after week, year after year, 20 years of leading a church, thousands of people coming, multiple campuses. Think about all the people that made decisions to follow Jesus. Think about when we get to heaven, all the people that are gonna be there because of the result of the 20 years of ministry that happened there. Marriages that are forever changed, healings that people experience, freedom that people experience, like baptisms that were happened, millions of dollars given around the world to start churches and to help missions and all the different amazing things. And just you put all those things into that for 20 years and a lopsided scale. One drop of character on this side. And you'd think that all this would hold that then it flip-flops. Why? Because all the good you've done can be undone if you fail to have good character. Now, breathe. Okay, we're good. Let's go on to the next one. Faithful. Faithful. And here's the, here's the principle here. Everything that has been given to you is to see if you can be entrusted with more. Everything that has been given to you is to see if you can be entrusted with more. This is all about being faithful with small things. Jesus says in Luke chapter 16, verse 10, that if you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. And here's what I believe. I believe that so many of you, if not every single one of you have a dream in your heart. I think that that's what God does. He puts inside of us dreams for our heart. Maybe that's for your life. Maybe that's for your career. Maybe that's for your family, but that you have a dream in your heart. And if you are here saying, no, I don't, I bet at some point you did. But for whatever reason, you put it on a shelf. But I want you to think about that dream that's in your heart. And what I believe is that if God gave you that dream, that it's big. Because that's just how he rolls. It probably feels bigger than you. And it feels bigger than what you can even handle. And he's like, yep, that's exactly where I want you. I want to give you a dream that feels like it's this big. Well, here's my question. If you feel like you have a dream this big, what do you do when you feel like I'm here? Like, what do you do? When it's like, I'm right here, but God has given me a dream that is this big. Like, how do you get from here to here? And here's what I've learned. I've learned that a lot of people, that they wanna go to sleep one day here and then wake up the next day here. But I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you, that's not really how God rolls most of the time. It's just, he, that's just not what he does. And a lot of people don't wanna go through the process of being here and then go into here. So what do you do? How do you go from here to here? It's, here's how, by being faithful. Let me show you. Because imagine that this is where you're at, but you know God's given you a big dream and you're just, it seems like you are not anywhere close to it. And it's, God, I'm right here. I recognize this is where I'm at. I know that you've called me to this, but right now I'm here. And so God, I laser focus in right now on where you have me. This amount of leadership, this amount of influence, this is what my family looks like right now. This is what today is. God, will you help me be faithful today? Help me to be thankful for right here. Help me be thankful for everything and entitled to nothing. I'm not entitled to this. Even though you've given me that dream, I'm right here and help me today 
to be faithful. And here's what God will do. You gotta watch very closely. I wanna go to the zoom in camera online, okay? This is what God will do. He'll do this, ready? Y'all didn't see this over there, did you? Okay. This is what God will do. God, here, here's where I'm at. Help me be faithful here. And God says, okay. He'll give you that. And then when you're here, what do you do? God, I, I know that I'm not still to where you've called me to be long-term, but God, I, I recognize that you just gave me increase. Thank you for that influence. Thank you for that job opportunity. Thank you for that step forward in my family. Thank you for that open door. And God, I am so grateful for here. I'm entitled to nothing. I'm thankful for everything. Help me be faithful now here. Help me to focus right here. And God will say, okay. And then when you're faithful with that, he'll give you this. You're faithful with this, he'll give you that. You're faithful with that, he'll give you this. And then all of a sudden, it's like you wake up one day and you're surprised that you're at your dream. That's how God works. How will you get there by being faithful? I want you to hear this. Faithfulness is the key that will unlock the dream in your heart. So if you want more leadership, you want more influence, be faithful with the leadership and the influence that you have right now. You wanna be promoted at your job? Be faithful with what you're doing right now. If you wanna be used more by God, then be faithful with whatever is in front of you right now. Now, everything that has been given to us is to see if you can be entrusted with more. And here's the last one is servant. Last one is servant. And it says, here's the principle. Everything that you are and everything that you will ever become, it always goes back to serving. Everything that you are and everything that you will ever become, it always goes back to serving. And here's what I believe, and I've seen it time and time again. Often we have the wrong definition of what serving is. We often think it's something that we do. And so it's something that I do at church. And I come here for a little bit of time and I get scheduled to serve. That's what I do is I serve and I just do it here. If you're hardcore, you do it a couple times a month or you do it twice in one day or, you know, like that's what serving is. But serving, listen, is not something that we do. Serving is who we are. That's why one of our values as a church is that serving is our calling. Like that's who we are. That is our identity. And that's because Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 20, verse 26 and 28. It says, but among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader, which some of you do because you asked a question on a survey. So if you're saying, I wanna be a better leader, whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. For even the son of man, he came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. That's who Jesus was. And that's why he's described in Philippians chapter two, verse six and seven, that who being in very nature, God talking about Jesus did not consider equality with God as something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a 
servant. He didn't take the nature of a preacher or a pastor. He didn't take the, the, the nature of a leader. He didn't take it of a king. He didn't take it as a ruler. He didn't take it as a celebrity. It says that he took the very nature of a servant. And that church is who Jesus is. And that church is the Jesus that we are called to follow. Like we are called to follow that Jesus, the servant. And Jesus understood so clearly that if you're too big to serve, you are too small to lead. He understood that deep inside of his character and who he was that, oh, you want to lead? Well, then that means that you should serve because serving is the very foundation of leadership. And he says, if you are too big to do that, then you're way too small to lead. So no matter what you do or where you go, no matter like what career that you take or what promotions that you get or how high you climb, like you should never hear this, graduate from serving, never. Like if you wanna become a better leader, I promise you be a better servant. Everything that you are and everything you will ever become, it always goes back to serving. Well done, good, faithful servant. So I ask you again as we end today, what do you want said about you on your last day? Whether that's the last day of your job, the last day of a season, the last day of whatever is going on. Like, what do you want said about you? What's the one thing that you want said about you? Because the truth is, last days are coming. And nobody's exempt from that last day. Like, there's gonna be a day where the heart that's beating in your chest right now will stop. And I think anything that we've lived through over the past 18, 19 months is the reality of that hit us in the face like never before. And it's so easy to kind of like, I don't wanna go there. I don't wanna think about that. But the truth is, is that none of us are exempt from that last day when we are gonna stand before our master, just like in Matthew chapter 25. If you go back and read, it says in verse 18, it was after he handed out all the things and then in 19, he comes back. And one commentary I read this week said that right now we are living in between 18 and 19. That we are living in that time where he's handed out some things to us, but he's coming back. And that there's gonna be a day and it may be sooner rather than later the Bible actually says that life is like a mist. It's here today, gone tomorrow. It's that fast. And on that last day, what do you want said about you? I can tell you what I want. I don't know about you, but for me, I wanna hear that sentence. Well done, good, faithful servant as a dad, as a husband, as a friend. I wanna hear well done, good and faithful servant. As a leader, as a pastor, as your pastor, some of you, I take that so, 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 so serious. 
And at the end of that, I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. As a follower of Jesus in this city, I want to hear, well done, good, faithful servant. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And something that we do every single week is we, we ask God right here in this moment, God, what are you saying to me? And ask him that, pray that prayer right now. Ask him like, God, what are you saying to me? Maybe ask him this, like, what does my response need to be to this message? And maybe ask him this today. Maybe ask God to highlight one of those five principles to you. Like, which one was God like speaking directly to you about? Well, done, good, faithful servant, which one? And maybe ask him for a next step in whichever one that he's speaking to you about. Like, which area do you need to grow or to take a next step? But let me just remind you again that regardless of where you are in those five areas, regardless of where you are in your spiritual journey right now, like there's gonna be a last day. And on that day, no matter what, you're going to stand face to face before Jesus. And part of my job as a pastor is to prepare you for that day. And the reality is on that day, the most important thing, the thing that will determine where you spend eternity is not how you lived your life. It's not how good of a leader that you were, how many good things that you did. The truth is that you can't do enough good things or you can't be enough of a good leader for you to earn eternal life. Like, because that is not something you can earn. That is only a gift that you can receive. And it's, you can only receive it because of what Jesus already did for you. And the truth is like, Jesus did what we could never do on our own so that we could go where we never could go on our own. And Jesus, he paid for your sins. He made you right with God. And so now all you have to do is receive that. So the most important thing on that day is what did you do with Jesus? That's the most important thing on that last day because so my question today to you is like, have you already received what Jesus has already paid for? Have you received his grace, his forgiveness? Have you said yes to Jesus? Have you given him your life? Have you made the decision to follow Jesus? And maybe you've never made that decision. Maybe you find yourself in church, it's like, I have never made that decision in my life. Or maybe you have in the past, but right now you find yourself so far from God and he feels a million miles away. And today you just need to come back. Today you need a fresh start. And we wanna give you the opportunity before we end for you to get right with God. And we're not gonna point you out. We're not gonna make you come forward. We're not gonna embarrass you in any way. We wanna create just a very intimate moment between you and God. And if you're here and you know that that's the decision I need to make, I wanna lead you in a prayer. And if you wanna be included in that prayer, here's the step of faith I'm asking you to take with every eye closed and head bowed on the count of three. If you wanna be included in that prayer, if you know I need to get right with God, whether it's for the first time or it's all over again, I need to come back to him. If you're here and that's you, I'm gonna ask you to have the courage to raise your hand on the count of three and say, as a step of faith, include me in that prayer. 
If that's you, I wanna just encourage you, put it up fast. One, two, three. If that's you, just put it up. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, that's awesome. That's so great. That's so awesome. I'm proud of you. If you're watching online, that's you. Just right where you're at, just say, that's me. You can put your hands down. Just pray something like this in your heart. Just say, Jesus, I need you. I need you. And I'm sorry that I've lived my life without you, whether that's for a little bit of time or whether it's been my whole life. Today, I wanna come close to you. So will you come live inside me? And will you do what I can't do? And will you change me and make me a brand new person? I surrender my whole life to you. I give you my life. And today I receive your grace. I receive your forgiveness and your love. And today I choose to follow you in every area of my life. That today I choose to follow the best leader that's ever existed, Jesus. And we're so grateful for Jesus. And it's through Jesus that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Church, there were some people that just made what we believe is the most important decision of their life. And so if you are here and you are a follower of Jesus, I'm gonna ask you to clap your hands and celebrate with them and tell them how much you love them, proud of them. It's awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at Queen City People.